Good day, beautiful podcast family. Ladies and gentlemen, what a privilege and honor to be with you this day. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing fantastic. And as always, I am sending you my love, good vibes, well wishes, prayers your way, wishing you all of the best. We've got another fantastic episode for you today. We have the one and only David Avocado Wolf on, and uh, we explore a lot of things. David is uh, very well known in the health and wellness space as far as longevity, superfoods, peak performance, energy, health advice. You know, he he knows his stuff, and we go into a great amount of detail uh, as far as uh, building immunity, the four steps of super immunity, uh, cleanses, superfoods like chaga, mushrooms, Herbalism. We talk about scientism. Then we talk about why this we are in the greatest crisis in human history, but why that brings the most amount of opportunity. We talk about taking responsibility for our health. We go into deep esoteric concepts and talk about the work of Rudolf Steiner, safe havens. Um, you know, we talk about Texas, crypto, silver. We talk about so many different things in this episode. You know, David really focuses on health, but he is also a man of the world and very well connected. And I always enjoy. Um, you know, hearing his perspective on the state of the planet and what we can do as far as solutions. And so if you uh, want to support this show, uh, please share it as far and as wide as you can. Share it in personal messages, in emails, share on Instagram, wherever you can. We are getting the word out there and we are building solutions together in community. If you haven't joined Telegram yet, I highly recommend going over to Telegram and following me, uh, t.me forward slash Matt Belair, and I'll link you up to some other amazing uh investigators and journalists and people who want to work towards solutions together and to empower each other. Um, I'm also on Rockfin. You can go to Rockfin forward slash Matt Belair. Rockfin is super cool because you got a lot of premium, um, you know, members over there. And if you become a premium member, then uh, you uh, get everybody's premium content as well. And I'm posting some stuff over there that's just for the premium members. Um, it's not going to be shadow banned or blacklisted or censored in any way, so you can get that. Uh, but the best way to stay in touch is to go over to mattbelair.com, uh, become a member. You can do so by donation or even for free. Just hit me up, Matt at Zenathlete. I will send you a free link if you wish. You're going to get all the premium and uh, you know uncensored episodes over there to stay in touch, to get the news, to um, get my perspective, and uh, you know reach out to me at any point if you want. And for those of you guys who are really ready to get in total alignment with your mind, with your body, with your spirit, you want to use this as an opportunity to live your life purpose, to learn how to be courageous and overcome any kind of fear or limitation, and learn all these tools about spirituality and peak performance and life purpose that I've shared over 460 episodes, um, consider becoming a member of the coaching community or doing some one-on-one coaching. We would love to work with you. We are really focused on those who are wanting to get into 100% alignment with who they are, who they came here to be and architect their life deliberately in alignment and co-creation with beautiful community in, in their place in the world, but also online with us. And if you're interested in that, go to mattbaylair.com forward slash coaching. would love to hear from you. There's never been a better and more critical time to get in total spiritual alignment and integrity with yourself and would love to hear from you and help you uh, build and architect your solution in these times of great, um, it's great opportunity and it's also great challenge to head it on straight on and really build a solution. So, um, well, that's it. And, and as always, the best way to support the show 
to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world. Uh, spread that positive vibe through action. And so uh, let's, before we dive in, get into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are on this planet, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, power, courage, inspiration, and ready to absorb and take on this amazing episode with David Avocado Wolf. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are facing extreme censorship alongside many other truth seekers out there. If you want to support this show, please go over to mattbelair.com, become a member, share, leave a review, do what you can to get the message out there. But most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is the rock star and Indiana Jones of the superfoods and longevity multiverse. The world's top CEOs, ambassadors, celebrities, athletes, artists, and the real superheroes of our world, moms, all look to David for expert advice in health, energy, peak performance, beauty, herbalism, nutrition, and chocolate. His nutrition work with Novak Djokovic helped return, return him to number one in men's tennis. Actor Woody Harrelson and David have worked together for 20 years. He is the co-developer of one of the world's leading kitchen appliances, the Nutribullet. Over the years, his innovative line of superfood, super herb, and organic products have transformed health food stores and grocery departments all over the world. Welcome to the show, David Avocado Wolf. Right on. Thanks, Matt. Great to be on the show. I've, I'm a little bit silhouetted here. My hair is a little crazy today, so maybe it'll just be a hair show. I don't know. But we're going to have some fun and we're going to dig in. And hopefully everybody who's who's watching right now is paying close attention because I've been on this every day and I run a news service that I'm pump, pumping it out every single day and have for since August of 2019, ev or actually since July of 2019. So every single day. So I'm right on the pulse of what's going on. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about this as well. And you've been doing tremendous work um, for 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 a while. You know, it takes a ton of energy and a ton of time. So I've appreciated following your work. It, it, it takes a lot of energy to do all this research. And anybody in the healthcare world knows exactly what's going on because we want to optimize our health. So we look into things and you dive into things. So your work has been: How do we optimize? How do we have more energy? How do we have more uh, peak performance, health, and vibrancy, and remove all the chemicals and toxic world? And then all of a sudden. We have these world issues to deal with. So now we're dissecting that and looking for solutions there. So um, where do you think we should begin? Because we can dive in anywhere. And I would just love to have your take on how you see things unfolding and what we can do as far as solutions. Okay. So I get, I think where we're going to, where we're going to begin on our call is we're going to get into how to actually build invincible immunity. And it has nothing to do, by the way, with scientism or the quackery that's being shoved down our throats at the moment. So I want to get into that a little bit just so people have the tools. And once you have these tools, you can figure it out for yourself. It's kind of like knowing the parameters. Once you understand the parameters and it's all sensible, then you can take action and, and in a way that's rational. So number one thing is bowel cleansing. So this is the bathtub. We have a, we have a bathtub full of water. That's called our body. And if, if that plug is pl clogged up, I don't care what you do. I don't care how much you work out, whatever you're going to do, you're bathing in waste. 
You've got to pull the bathtub plug out and drain the waste out. And that's the enemas, the colonics, and every now and then a good dose of laxatives to clean everything out, get everything out of your system and reestablish a healthy flora in the intestines. And that's that's number one, actually, out of all things, because this is the area where people are most toxic. I mean, the number one complaint in the world is constipation and low energy. I mean, these are the things that affect, this is billions of people being affected by these kind of things. You know, we're like, oh, no, no, how do I get, you know, an extra, um, you know, minute off of my my mile or something like that? You know, that's where some of us who are like athletic think, think of, but really before we can even get there, we don't, that's way putting the cart ahead of the horse. Let's get back to the bowel cleansing. So that's number one. Number two is squishing the tissue and wringing the tissue out. So once we get that those bowels drained out, and I recommend doing this in cycles each year, I do it for sure on every solstice and every equinox. Always when the change of season's happening, I'm doing a cleanse. I just did a 22-day cleanse and a seven-day water fast. That that's what I do that four times a year. That's just something that I've worked out over the years is really important. We lead groups like that. Someone wants to join us. We'll have a thousand people in a group all over the world and we do it all together. It's easier to do it together, but we focus on the bowel cleansing. Second, we got to wring that tissue out. That's the hot cold. That's the yoga. That's the deep tissue work. Deep tissue. Deep tissue is almost always the issue. When somebody has an injury and they're like, oh, it's my knee. You don't have a knee injury. You've got a problem with, you've got a, you've got deep wounds in the ligaments and the tendons and muscle. And if we go in there, we bring blood flow and deep tissue work into that region, you'd be shocked at how many problems are being called lower back problems or knee problems that have nothing to do with any, any problem with structural problem with the knee or the lower back. It's just that the tissue is not being properly hydrated, nourished. There's no blood flow going in there. And we move that blood flow in there with the deep tissue work. That's number two. And you're saying you do that through yoga and stretching and things like that. That's the remedy. Yes. Yeah, that's the remedy. So there's many remedies, but the most important thing to understand is you can do it yourself, which is the yoga. You can do it through the hots and colds. That's the yoga. That's a type of yoga anyway, at least what the yogis practice underneath the glaciers of the Himalayas. And then another really important key there is that other people can work on you hands-on healing, which is the deep tissue body work, which is very, very helpful and very effective and a very important part of healing. We have to actually ask for help and let people actually touch our body. Hands-on healing is the number one preferred source of healing in the world, according to the research. That's what people respect and want the most. They, that's the main thing. Humans want to be touched. And, and if you have an injury, get someone to touch it and to work into it and eventually grind it out through the deep tissue work, which of course, again, has to always follow draining that bathtub. We have to get the waste out of our tissue. Then comes step three, which is we got to get proper eating happening so that what's coming in isn't too much and is the right thing for our body. And you know, I started many years ago as a raw food ve vegan and raw food vegetarian, and still that's my preference. However, I have learned over the years that Rudolf Steiner was correct when he said, there are as many diets as there are human beings on earth. That's the real truth. That's the real truth. So it depends. Like if I'm working with a Novak Djokovic, his particular things that he's got to do every day, he cannot be on a diet like I'm on. My work is very mental. I'm seated a lot. I mean, it's not a very really healthy thing I want to be doing, but it, it's what I got to do to get my day's work done. So I have to eat differently, plus my genetics is different and there's other factors. Whereas him, he's active 8 to 10 to 12 hours every single day doing all different kinds of stuff. So it has to be a completely different approach for him versus me. And that's important to understand about diet and about what your goals are. But that that's number three is getting our diet right. And that's a very key idea. It's got to be organic. 
It's got to be the best we can supply. It's got to be homegrown if possible. It's got to be food that makes us feel uplifted and happy and feels good and not too much of it and not too much of it, right? The best thing we can do to, for our health usually is to eat less, almost always. It's always, always less is more actually. In fact, the less you eat, the longer you live. So the more you get to eat. I love all that. And so you kind of keep it simple. So for those who are trying to improve their diets, one of the things that I learned a long time ago was seeds and every, uh, you know, really incorporated seeds or microgreens or things like that. Do you have like a, a basic protocol you would give people for a balanced diet? Yes. I mean, what you want to do is you want to look at adding in all the different spectrum of categories of food. So you're touching on it in a beautiful way, actually. I'm glad you brought that up. So for example, let's say you're like, I'm a very alchemical person. I dabble in alchemy. I like alchemical phenomenon. It fascinates me. So mushrooms are a great food for me, as it turns out, because they hit that button. It's not a great food for somebody who is has to do very rational, logical work on Wall Street every afternoon. That's not the right kind of, you know, it's not to say you can't have mushrooms, but it's not a major focus of your diet. So that what, what I like to do is recommend people get things out of every category. The mushroom category is a major category of food and an important one for human beings. Another one is the green leafy vegetables. Another one is the seeds and the nuts. That's where you get your phosphorus, by the way, which is a very important point about bone density and, and dental health, nuts and seeds, but in particular seeds, humans are more of a seed eater. There's sprouts and microgreens, another very important category of food, very rejuvenating, really good for right now. In the springtime rejuvenation period, I just couldn't find anything better that I would love more than, than sprouts, especially broccoli sprouts and radish sprouts and some of the cruciferous vegetable sprouts, which have that sulforaphane, that super anti-cancer compound, a cancer-fighting compound that is just tremendous. Um, what else? Then there's the fresh fruits. You've got to have your fresh fruits, which has to do a lot with happiness. And also ego expression. Um, a lot of times in our community, we're always like, oh, it's all about the ego. You know, the, your, the ego is not your amigo. You hear stuff like that. But your ego is actually your amigo to a certain point. When it flips over into narcissism and it flips over into, you know, everything's about me, 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 then of course it's an enemy of your, of your health. But you've got to individuate and understand your individuation. And that's an ego expression. And actually, strangely, of all foods, fruit is for that because fruit is the ego expression of the plant itself. Then there's just vegetation and vegetables or leaves essentially and roots. Roots are for brain and brain development. That's a very important concept. So eating a wider variety of, of roots and even root extracts and tinctures. I do all the, I like, I like ginseng. I like astragalus or astragalus, depending on what country you're in. I like gingers and turmerics and all these different things too, and onions and garlic, because they're all about expanding brain capacity. Roots are brain. Uh, leaves are lungs. And so that's another thing that comes in. Now people say, okay, what do I need? I want to build muscle. What, am I gonna, what do I need? Well, either you're going to go to the high protein raw foods and superfoods, or you're going to go to the muscle of an animal, which is the meat, right? So with animals, it's always a direct correlation. You want muscle, you have to eat the muscle of the animal. You want cartilage, you have to eat the cartilage of the animal. It's a direct one-to-one -one correlation. With the, I'm a vegetarian, so I don't do that. So I have to find out other ways to get what I want. Like if I want to build cartilage, I'm going to go to things like eucomia, which is one of my favorite tree barks. It's actually the number one tree bark in Chinese medicine. Most people don't know that, that particular herb, but it is one of the most widely used herbs in the history of man. Um, Yukomi has been used in Chinese medicine for thousands of years. It's been used by millions, if not billions of people. And I grow the trees. So I have a 
love, a deep love for that particular tree and, and what it is and, and how it's figured out how to survive the great eons of time without any predation. It's just resistant to all predation. It's really a miracle type of tree. It's When you look at it, it's 100% perfect. No, no insect can get a hold of it. Not even one single leaf. There's no, there's not a single blemish on any leaf on the whole tree. It's phenomenal. Um, but that's that's what I do for connective tissue. Again, if you want connective tissue and you're a carnivore, you're going to go right to the connective tissue of the animal. If you want to build bone and bone marrow, like my uncle used to break up, open the bones of the chicken and eat it, we were always a little <laughs> freaked out by that. But that's, you know, that's how you do it if that's what you want. Um, what else? There's, you know, so many categories we could get into on food. But the big categories are plants, animals, mushrooms, bacteria. And then I would add another one, which is the archaea, which are the almost like uh, crystalline like life organisms that you'll find in very unique places in nature. I would say that the most useful form of archaea in the human diet currently would probably be what you'd find in chaga mushroom, which we have suspected for some time that chaga mushroom is actually a composite of numerous organisms, not just one. And one of those being an archaea, um, which is worth your investigation actually, was as to what those are. Archaea are very ancient, very tough extremophiles and can have positive influences on our health if we get the right kind. Well, I, I love all that. And, you know, when you're talking, it's it's just so clear that so many of these remedies have been hidden from us, right? You're aware, obviously, of the Flexner report. You've talked about that and how we had homeopathy and we had all this different way to heal ourselves and all these plants and herbs from the land. You know, even studying with my indigenous teachers, you know, they, they would know exactly what they need for whatever whatever ailment was happening, right? From the land, from nature. And now we've moved away from that just into pharmacia, which is, you know, your solution is going to be a pharmaceutical pill that you get to stay on forever with terrible side effects and, and a vaccine, you know? And so um, we, we've moved that way. And so what I'd love to ask you, because you have been somebody who's looking at peak performance and human potential, but now we're in this precipice of this maybe spiritual awakening. Some of these things that we've read through, um, you know, history, um, all the spiritual books, all the, you know, Egypt and all those weird esoteric things. They, they speak about these times and it's like, we're living in it. Like the end of times in the Bible or something, something major is going on and uh, you're on the pulse and you, so you also have studied a lot of those things as well. And so I'd love to hear your two cents on what you think is going on now, how we can handle fear and uncertainty, because I feel like that's going to be something that's going to be constant in this journey and how you see things unfolding. Okay, good. Let me, I'm going to just cap off with one more piece I want to do on the herbalism because I want to get us to an invincible immunity strategy, then dive in, then that makes more sense to dive into what you've just asked. So once we've got our diet sorted out, the next category, number four, and what we've been laying out is the herbalism. And that's where the medicinal mushrooms come in, the, the tonic herbs, the day-to-day -day herbs, not oregano, thyme, marjoram. Those are great things. I mean, I love those things, but they're not daily tonic herbs. What I'm talking about are the reishi mushrooms, the chaga mushrooms, the astragalus, the ginsengs, the shizandras, the paudiarcos, the unia de gatos, the, that kind of the vanillas, the, the super herbs that modulate immunity. Now, once you have done all the th three previous steps, bowel cleansing, tissue cleansing, got the proper diet for yourself so it's not too much or, or not the wrong stuff for you, then you get into the herbalism in a, in a profound way, typically usually hitting it on two angles. One is the wild material 
preferably extracted with water and alcohol. The other is the prepared laboratory material, which you can eat in abundance as powders usually. This is how the herbalism works. Um, Herbalism um, has been presented to us in Western civilization. Both are great and you just have to figure out what works for you. But as you get deeper and deeper into that, eventually you'll get to a point where you've developed invincible immunity. Um, and that's a whole story, which we'll get into a little bit later, but I just wanted to put that out there that I'm not worried about any cold cough, flu virus, anything. It's impossible. Actually, I will never, there's no chance of any of that things, any if that's happening in my life. And the reason is because I listen to my teachers and my teachers like Hannah Kruger taught me that if you get the parasites out of your body, you can't get sick. You cannot get a cold cough, flu or fever. She was right. I've tested that out for 27 years. She's right. She was, she was correct about that. Um, in fact, parasites are virus factories. Parasites are bacteria factories. And, they're, they're, and then they poop other stuff in your system, which is very toxic. So I want to just get that in there before we jump to the next thing. What we're headed to is a – we're headed towards a the culmination, the flowering of a fake religion or a satanic religion or an atheistic religion or a materialistic religion, which I call scientism. It has the veneer of science, looks like science, pretends to be scientific, but underneath it's actually avoiding the scientific method. If you attack scientists and they come after you and say, you're the pseudoscience, when in reality, they are. When they, They'll come after you and say, you're not scientific, when in reality, they're not scientific. Um, ultimately, at the core of scientism, the way you identify it is, it's actually grabbed the scientific method, pretending to use it, and it's actually masquerading a parasite right behind it. And this is what we're coming up to. And, and with another way of looking at this, I was first got this terminology from Orson Welles in his great, wonderful video that he did back in 1980, I think, called The Man Who Saw Tomorrow on Nostradamus, The Coming of the Antichrist. And that's when I first got that idea in my head and, and eventually found Rudolf Steiner, who had a whole body of work on the Antichrist. And, and that, this is what we're coming into. It's a moment of peak evil, actually. And uh, in, the, in that moment, in that crisis, there is opportunity. This will actually bring us the greatest crisis in the history of man's coming. Um, we're in it right now. We're in the beginning of it. But also the greatest opportunities are coming too. And so we will never see such great opportunities for knowledge, abundance, uh, what's going to be replacing the systems that we have now once we get through all this nonsense. Um, for example, the cryptocurrency world and, the, and that, you know, there is an opportunity to make breakthroughs in every aspect of our life that we will never see again in human history because of the trouble and toil that we're facing, which, you know, it's a double-edged sword. It's terrible and it's beautiful at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you um, shared the fourth part about uh, super immunity because, you know, people out there who might not be as aware of what's going on they they become afraid of this, you know, magical disease that can come take them out. But if you take care of your body, it's just common sense that you can have a strong immune system to whatever, you know, for myself, I've been sick like once in the last 12 years, I'm just understanding mindset, diet, and all these other factors like, oh, if I, I'll, I'll wake up even with almost a full strep throat and say, I'm perfectly healthy, go have a shower, uh, do a meditation. And by the afternoon, I'm better. I don't know how that works. I'm not very special. You know what I mean? I just decide and I command my body um, to, to improve itself because it does have that intelligence. Then you add all the stuff that you're talking about, which I am no expert in at all. So, you know, then you're really building a shield around what's going on in the outer world. What I wanted to ask about that part real quick is, do you have resources for people to make it simple? Because when I hear all that stuff, I feel a little bit overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, I just need somebody to say, you know, get these teas or these things. And I can start simple where breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Do you have like a book or a resource on your website that just makes it for the dummies guide of how we apply these things? 
That's a great question. My Probably my book, Superfoods, is the best in the way it lays it out. It's really in chapter two of that book. It just lays out pretty much everything I just said. So that's a that's a great book to get. Unfortunately, they're almost all sold out all over the place, and I've got to redo them myself. I've left my publisher, and I'm going to re- be doing all my books myself going into the future. You know, it'd been a wonderful 10 years with that publisher, but I'm redoing it all. So if you can find my superfoods book, great. If not, just pay attention to what I'm putting out in media. I put out videos on Instagram. I put out videos on Telegram, which, which you know, you know, I'm big on Telegram. Um, I put out videos on uh, Facebook sometimes as well and just kind of lay these principles out um, and even take this video and watch it over again. All I'm doing is relaying to you what my teachers taught me. I put it into practice. They were right. They're right. And that's an amazing thing to discover that like, whoa, I was standing on the shoulders of giants. And all I'm doing is just now with the knowledge of the herbalism, dialing it in even tighter and tighter and tighter. This this aspect of what you're getting onto, which is you take responsibility for your health, is this is what's being weaponized against us. Basically, the irresponsible are being weaponized against the responsible. That is exactly what's going on worldwide. That's the that is the whole our harmonic plan or satanic plan or plan of evil or consciousness of evil plan or however you want to interpret it. You know, people have different words for it. Um, some people say conspiracies when really what we're dealing with is the higher mind of a parasite, right? Because ultimately evil is parasitic. And that's why it will fold. Eventually, it's going to fail. The Great Reset will fail. Their plan to eject everyone's going to fail. It's going to be at a high cost because people bought it, unfortunately. Um, it's really a troubling thing. But we that this is one of the biggest issues for our community to face is how we're going to deal with people basically making very bad choices, believing the system, and and essentially selecting suicide. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's information out there right now that, that says, Hey, you should be very skeptical of this. You know, if you look into it, it's, it's pretty obviously that you don't want that in your body. And it's fascinating to see how powerful brainwash is. Um, and, and people that are reasonable, they'll actually go out and go take the vaccine. Even if you've told them everything, they've seen it. Um, you know, the stories that I've heard firsthand and some of the conversation I've been a part of and witnessed has just been really mind, mind, boggling of just how people operate here. So I feel like that's going to be a big challenge for us to deal with. One of the things that I've been looking into recently, and I know you've dove into this as well, is the law aspect of this. Apparently, you know, this is all consent-based, that they're installing this whole system, you know, using commercial consent, which is interesting. You look at the work of Cal Washington, um, Russell J. Gould, I know you've talked to, which is really fascinating. And so the way that I've kind of see things going in Canada, at least, and um, I know you have some familiar familiarity there, if I can spit it out. Um, we're not looking good. And I think like in, it, we got the COVID passports running out, the leaked emails following it to a T. We got food shortage. We got the whole thing um, rolling out. And then when we see deaths in, in January, that's going to be pretty frightening. And so when you have this tyranny coming and they're kind of squeezing, putting military on the street, how do you, how do you feel like we can navigate these times that are going to be challenging moving forward? Because I feel like the parasites or the people orchestrating this, they're going to throw out all the stops that they have. And we're going to have to be, the more we can miss it. I equate it to martial arts where if I know martial arts and somebody tries to punch me, I can avoid that. I don't take any damage. If I know that I go to this certain part of town at a certain time, there's going to be a fire or, or a firefight and weapons. I can just literally go to the other side of town. So the more knowledge and information we have, we can make better choices and kind of circumvent this very challenging scenario that's most likely going to affect all of us. And I'm just curious your thoughts on that. 
Well, the number one thing I want to say about that is Clausewitz's first dictum of strategy. And it's probably a good idea to read some military strategy at this point for those of us who sense what's coming. His first dictum is you have to have a strong base, a strong headquarters. I would really strongly recommend that everybody listening right now get themselves set up in a strong location where they are supported and that you have allies and you have supplies and you have what you need to survive coming up. You've got probably a year, a little less than a year at this point, and you got to get your affairs in order. I'm hustling every day actually to get my affairs in order. That's what I'm doing right now today. It's what I'm doing tomorrow. It's what I, yesterday I kind of hit a wall and I just had to like lay down, but then I ended up getting up and staying up till four in the morning and just staying at it because I've got to get my affairs in order for where, where this is going. Um, where is it going? Well, it's going to go as far as they, they'll, they're going to take it, which means that it's going to go to more extreme communism in some places than was even prevalent in East Berlin after the wall went up, right? What they're, they're going to go for Stasi-style surveillance. You can't leave your home. Um, the lockdowns will turn into the most draconian prison system you could ever imagine in certain places. In other places that like where I suspect is going to be one of the best places to be is Texas or Florida. It's going to be the opposite of that. That's where freedom will reign. Now, this is a consent-based phenomenon, right? So we have to make sure we're not giving our consent to any of this nonsense at any level of our being. And the best way to deal with that is as as they come in with their contract, you respectfully accept and you renegotiate. Right, which is that that's the kung fu, right? That's that's the turning the energy. The, yeah, you have to accept, it. right? The conditional acceptance. It's such a it's weird a thing. Right? You acceptance. have to know you have to right, accept it and say if you can do all these other things. And so that's where the knowledge is helpful. You know, yeah. And and you need that in every metaphor. So we're going to continue. So I'm not going to re- re- rebut your ticket right here. I'm going to conditionally accept it under duress and then rebut it later and throw it back at him as a contract back at the system. And you keep throwing the contracts that the system's throwing at you back at them. That's one way to, to deal with the system. And yes, it is troubling. It's martial arts actually. And it's martial arts at every level today. It's not just the physical level anymore, or even the mental. It's also emotional because they're dragging the entire world into an abyss. And this will overall, the way that Steiner, I think, looks at it, the way I look at it and the way, you know, people like Edgar Cayce looked at it is this is the end of Western civilization in the sense of what we had known before. It's essentially suicided itself by its own collapse into total evil. And what will arise out of this is not China, but Russia. Russia will actually not only be the successor of our society, but the successor of our civilization. And I mean that in every context, meaning that Russia over the next 100, 200, 300 years will become the home of liberty, will become the home of justice, will become the home of, of systems that respect human rights, will become the home of innovative forms of government, will become a home of technologies that respect privacy. And it goes on and on and on. I, that's how Edgar Cayce saw it. That's how Rudolf Steiner sees it. That's how I see it as well. And that's where it's going next. Now, in this melee of what's to come, China will be significantly weakened. Um, the What we call the Western society will be probably in many places wrecked. Um, I would say places like Florida and Texas and the Union of Free States, hopefully we can draw Alberta into that Union of Free States, could survive it relatively intact, even in a state of thriving, possibly. 
uh, places like California, Oregon, Washington State, although some of those counties in the eastern part of those states will secede over to, for example, the eastern Oregon is going to secede, those five counties are going to secede over into Idaho this year, I bet you. Watch, we'll see that. Um, but the western side of those states are completely corrupt. They've been sold out to the maximum. I was informed by a politician in California the other day she told me that she has 100% confirmed fact that $7 trillion have been smuggled out of California into China. And, and it's just they're sold out. They sold out you know, to the highest bidder. Will that, will that look good for Californians? It won't. It will not. So I'd recommend getting out of there. Um, sell now while, it's still, while you still can and get out of there as quickly as possible and get to, get to safe harbor. Again, this is Clausewitz's first dictum, which is find a strong base. Yeah, well, that's a really important one and one I've actually been considering for a while. So where else do you see as safe havens? Like in Canada, uh, it doesn't look like there is a lot of them. In the States, obviously, Texas and Florida are more for freedom, but it also could make them targets for other things. And then I've also seen uh, Mexico push back and a lot of people in Costa Rica um, seem to be living okay right now. So worldwide, where do you see um, the most ideal places to be? I think some places in Mexico look really good. I'm not I'm not there to retreat though. I'm not in this fight to retreat, so I'm not going to go be hiding out. But if maybe you're that's a different that's your personality, right? Somebody has a personality like I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to have the best life ever. Go up to the mountains of Mexico and get up there with the Huicholes and and some of those spots up there. That's a great area. Costa Rica also great. Let's say you've got five kids and you're like, what am I going to do? I don't want to raise the kids in the middle of this insanity. Well, some of the suburbs around Austin, Texas, I can tell you have some of the best schooling going on in North America right now and some of the best kids that I've met all across all across the world, actually. So the suburbs of Austin, Texas would be a place I'd recommend if you've got five kids. But if you want out, head to Costa Rica and get get involved with my friend Stephen Brooks over there. He's got great communities he's built. He knows it inside out. He's done it for 25 years. And that's a great area to land. Stephen R. Brooks, you can find him on Instagram and, and track his, his projects down. What else could I say? It, it just really depends. I mean, will Texas be a target? You bet, of course. So will Florida. Absolutely. Let me just put this out there. The contracts that involve the corporation of the United States and the contracts that involve Washington, D.C., if the states legally secede as Texas, I talked to a Texas Supreme Court justice about this the other day. Um, Texas is going to legally secede from the union. I guarantee you that actually, based on the contacts I have in Texas. And when that happens, Texas is no longer liable to the federal bankster debt. It's over. We're, you take your debt by to keep it. And so New England and Washington, D.C. and that cabal of evil will also separate off and become its own country. And they can take the debts and all the crap and all the crap that they're up to and the swamp tactics and all the stuff. I think you know what I'm getting at um, that they've been doing to people and they can just keep it over there. Um, but over in the South, where we've been able to maintain some vestige of morality and integrity and human rights, it's interesting that the South will rise again in a totally different context than before. And then the United States will split along the lines of the Civil War, um, except this time the South will rise again because the North, they, they've lost everything. All they have is debts. They have no manufacturing. The infrastructure's collapsed. They're pure corruption. And, uh, and they're not going to make it. They're going to lose this one. And, uh, and good, good. There's no way to fix the swamp, by the way. It's impossible. Um, Washington, D.C. is corrupt to the bones. Yeah, well, holy crap, that, that's a lot. of it, It's deeper than I've seen it, but I, I definitely see um, 
major shifts happening in the States. Um, I've talked to friends in Mexico and Costa Rica who over the last year, it's been pretty good over there. How do you view uh, cryptocurrency and silver and finances? You know, because, you know, being a Canadian, if you want to go down to Costa Rica, well, maybe you have enough money to stay down there. Or, you know, if you have silver, you have to bring it in a plane. Or, you know, if you're working the crypto, I've seen two sides of the crypto. One of them saying, hey, this is a really great thing. But also when um, they want to move to a digital currency, some people are saying, hey, maybe this could be a honeypot. So then somehow they're able to you know, get that income or not allow you to use it or corrupt it in some sort of manner. So what are your thoughts on protecting your, your resources? Great. Okay. Number one is I would get a position with silver that you actually physically possess first. It's the most suppressed. It has the most value. It's the most conductive metal. It has antimicrobial qualities and actually useful qualities. Plus it's an easy thing to trade. And if, if we do get down to a point where the economies break down, which I think they will. I, I'm pretty sure the U.S. dollar and the Canadian dollar are going to collapse. The euro is going to collapse. And then they're going to try to replace it with a digital euro, a digital dollar, the digital Canadian dollar. No one will want it. That's not going to go well for them. It's going to lead to a further collapse. And, you know, the idiocracy eventually eats itself or the parasite evil eventually consumes the host. And eventually there's nothing left to consume. That's where this thing collapses into and from the ashes will arise a new Canadian nation and a new American nation. Again, the central states, the I call it the Union of Free States, will arise out of all this. Now, let's say you, you have a position in silver. Then it's time to get some gold. I'd really recommend getting that gold that you physically possess right now because the price is right. It's also being uh, unnaturally suppressed. They're pushing the price down. So get it. Get it and just have, have some physically there. When you feel like you have a good position with silver and gold, then it's time to go to cryptocurrencies and establish a position there. Where do I stand with Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, um, Cardano, et cetera? I stand with all of those. I think they're all phenomenal. I'm not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Um, but I, I love the idea that I can walk across a border and have whatever, $10,000. No one can touch it. No one knows I have it. I can have $100,000. No one can touch it. No one knows I have it. You know, if, if somebody comes after you and they're like, we know you have it, you're going to be saying, well, you know, I lost my password there, buddy, and I don't have anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. You know what I mean? So this is this is a, a gift from God, in my opinion. Cryptocurrencies are a gift from God. If we are to survive what's coming, this is the this tool, the cryptocurrencies will be the core of the next society that will arise out of this. A society, again, that I think will be mostly reach its highest zenith in hundreds of years in Russia, actually, strangely, of all places. Russia has been through the communism before. They've been through all this catastrophe before. We haven't. We're going to learn the hard way. It's really going to be unfortunate, but we'll learn to, and things will get better eventually. And uh, the astrology of it looks to me like the chart's getting better at the end of 2032, beginning of 2033. That's based on Uranus and Taurus and then Uranus over into Gemini. And when that resolves itself, and Neptune and Pisces, Neptune and Aries, when that resolves itself, then we will move out of the World War II cycle that we're in now and into a more abundant cycle and a, and a friendlier cycle for all parties involved. But the U.S. will have lost its superpower status at, by that point for sure. Um, China will be also significantly weakened, although we'll probably recover better than the U.S. We shall see. 
Wow. So how do you see uh, international travel? If somebody is going to, you know, potentially make a move for Mexico or Costa Rica or something like that, and they install this technocracy, you know, you might want to get into Texas. Or, well, as a Canadian, you can't really do that, unfortunately. Um, so I don't know if Canada will even let us close the borders. But if you are traveling around, do you, how do you see uh, travel work? They're trying to introduce the COVID passports now. And, you know, if you want to get back on the plane, you want to get back home, you know, who knows if they're going to try to install some sort of weirdness to, to let you get back. Back home. Well, they're going to try every trick in the book. They're going to try to stop cryptocurrencies. They're going to try to stop travel. They're going to try to lock you in your home like a prison. They're going to try everything they can. These people are absolutely parasitic evil, pure evil. And I think you know who the who the big players are. And so they they are going to do everything they can to try to make you give up your right to travel in any way they can with, with whatever means necessary. So that's why I'm saying you better get prepared now and understand that that's where it's going. Of the, of the Canadian provinces, I would say Alberta has the big, greatest chance of escaping the real intensity of the troubles as long as it can establish a strong union with the free states of America. And that means it can, it can push out the federal Canadian government, um, declare its independence and its energy independence and actually become its own nation or again, join the free states of America. This is going to come out within two years, we'll be in the midst of this. So what I've done, like the Texas Supreme Court Justice who I met with, he actually said, you need to read the Texas Constitution, which I have. I actually got it. And I'm reading it right now. It's 200 or sorry, it's 376 pages. It's quite long. It's quite in depth. I would recommend that any Canadian read the Alberta um, Constitution and begin to understand what's going to take for Alberta to secede away from the Canadian Union, become its own nation, and eventually maybe join another nation, the Union of Free States, in order to protect liberty and freedom, because the way this is going is they're going to try to stop any movement at all. They, this is going to be worse, actually, than the Stasi in East Berlin. This is going to be worse than anything we've ever seen from the Soviet Union is what's coming. Now, again, it's parasitic. It can't last. It can't survive. So it's just a matter of how much damage will they do in the meantime. You don't want to be caught in the middle of it. Get out. Get yourself into a safe haven or get yourself into a piece of land up there in British Columbia, far away from everybody else, so you could survive there for 10 years without anybody knowing anything. I do have a story about this, which is interesting. And I've been saying the story for many years, which is there was a couple that a friend of mine had to flee the US many years ago due to he, he's being a very he was a very, very advanced chemist. And he he knew how to make things that the US government didn't want anybody to know how to how to make. Let's just put it that way. And he this is way back 40 years ago. He had to flee he had to flee to Canada for 10 years. Eventually he worked his differences out with the US government and Things went and came back to the U.S. But what ended up happening is, is when he was over there, he actually met a couple who were escapees from Stalinist Russia who flew on a plane in 1951. He was a pilot. They stole a plane. They flew over the North Pole, landed in Nunavut, Canada on a native reservation, got in with the natives and slowly over 30 years worked their way into Canadian society and be became Canadians. <laughs> now, I'm telling you right now, Matt. It's going to be just the opposite of that very soon, where people are going to be flying from Canada over to Russia to escape the tyranny. This is, this is, I thought this would be like 50 or 100 years in the future. Well, I was wrong. It's now, it's now coming within five years. And so I could see that happening where people are like, anything to get the hell out of here, anything like we'll fly to Siberia, get us the hell out of here. Um, because it's going to get, because Canadians aren't awake at all. They're completely out of it. And, you know, in terms of the general population, you, you're walking around Texas, people are awake. They are awake. They're, you're not getting our guns. You're not coming in here. We're not, there's no way. Everybody's on that same page. 
again, walking around in Ontario, nobody's awake. Everybody's completely sleepwalking. They believe the whole nonsense. They're totally bought in and they're going to learn a very, very hard lesson. And I feel, I feel my heart for them, but it's unfortunate, you know, they've bought in. So they're going to have to learn the hard way. Holy smokes. Yeah. And so why do you think that Russia is going to be a strong suit? You know, I went through the, they went through the Bolshevik revolution. They went through really hard times. Do you think that they've established because they've gone through it before that they're going to be more prepared for this? I just saw something recently where they are moving on Ukraine and, and Biden or whoever's controlling Biden is trying to set up um, some sort of, you know, trouble over there. Um, and then with anything military, right? Like, do you see the military just turning on the people and, and going at it between countries or how do you see all that playing out? It's going to be, I'm not sure what's going to happen with the U.S. military. I think the U.S. military is going to be end up being split up. Um, so it will, certain factions are going to side with the Union of Free States, Texas and Florida, and all the southern states, plus Idaho, Wyoming, and that group there. I could see that with what's going on in, with Russia, we can already see, you know, I'm not saying that Russia is the home of liberty now, but I did see Putin say the other day that if you want to get injected, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. That's yeah. a very different position from what we're seeing over here in the West. So you're, you've been seeing for many years now the setup where they're always saying Russia, 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 Russia. The people yeah. who are saying that are the communists, the American communists under the Democrat and Republican Party who are just really just communists with, you know, they really just want to steal everybody's money and steal everyone's property and be authoritarian. That's communism. So what we're seeing here is we're seeing that the communist faction in North America is already trying to say Russia is the enemy, Russia is the enemy, Russia is the enemy, because they know that liberty will eventually predominate over there. Yep. The whole thing's going to flip completely around. Where I've seen that was, too. Yeah, you see that. You feel that coming. Many people feel that coming. Now, let, let me just lay this out. I want, I want to just because we've got you got me here and I do want to put this together. And this is one of the reasons why I'm such a big fan of Telegram and, and why I love doing my Telegram page and why I love um, you know, so many amazing people in Russia and have many friends there is that the thing in all our life, I'm just going to bring something to the surface. It's in our subconscious and everybody's going to recognize it in their subconscious. The thing that they do not want. And when I say they, I'm talking about the people running the world, the elites running this world, the predator class running the world, the evil running the world. The thing that they have never wanted all our lives is for Russian technology to be fused with American innovation. They, at all costs, they try to stop that. And so guess what we do? We bring that right together. That's what I like bringing together. We bring the Russian technology with the American innovation. And that's why I crush it so badly on Telegram Messenger, because that's what it is. I'm an American innovator on a Russian technology platform. You see that? And that's why it works so damn well and just devastates any ability to stop it because that's the very frequency that the predator class does not want. Well, that's an interesting concept. Well, you know, Telegram has exploded. So on that front uh, with the censorship, which has been crazy bonkers, it looks like Telegram is the last vestige. Um, and my only concern there, though, is I saw that whatever the uh, – creator's name was he was listed on the world economic forum have you seen that and what are your thoughts on that yes well i know pa pavel durov is the founder of telegram and he's very good friends with a friend of mine they grew up together and so i know who he is as a person right so you know you'll see tulsi gabbard on the world economic forum but if you ask tulsi why are you on there she's like i gotta know what they're up to it's just because somebody's on the world economic forum doesn't mean that they're on the side of the world economic forum they could be a spy in the house of love 
Got it. Cool. Well, I was, I was curious your thoughts on that because that was the only red flag I had, but it looked like Telegram was like the last place for free speech. And it's interesting to see what's going on because um, my friends, you know, if my dad doesn't know how to research, I send him one thing about uh, Dr. Vernon Coleman. Is that is his name? The yes, Dr. Coleman. What a right? legend. I know. He's amazing, right? And my dad goes to Wikipedia and then they slander him on Wikipedia, right? And I was like, for him, that's a huge win. Like he's going, then he's, he's fact-checked to the best of his ability, but that's how crazy it is. You've got to go back six, seven layers now because you're getting blacklisted, shadow banned. You know, the amount of censorship that I've received is completely ridiculous uh, and, and many, many, many others. And so Telegram seems like this place where I can go and I can find good resources really quick with a community of people that still abide by the golden rule, as in we can have a discussion. You can have opposing views. We can have a debate. That's all fine. We don't have to throw, you know, shit at you because you are thinking something else or maybe, God forbid, you are incorrect for a moment. And so that's the place where I can get a news feed so quickly. So do you see any other platforms that might rise or do you see that telegram may somehow get taken out? Cause obviously if they're going to be the last one standing, they want to really burn all the books. Right. Absolutely. Well, telegram is doing a great job and I love the crew that's behind it. And that's why I'm such a big fan of them. And I have some insight on some of the people working there and what their ethic is, which is just phenomenal. I mean, of all things, some guy from St. Petersburg, Russia is the leading activist for free speech left alive on earth. That's so nuts if you think about it. But there are other good platforms. Gab is a good platform, actually. And they're getting better. Now they've been hacked and they've gone through, you know, they don't have the Russian they don't have the Russian technologists behind them like Pavel Durov has who are able to stop the hackers from aggregating data and exporting it. Um, but Gab's getting better, and I like what I'm seeing with Gab. And I also like what I'm seeing with some of these other newer platforms like library.tv, which is now going by Odyssey, uh, and some of these more crypto blockchain-style sites that can't be deleted off the internet. So for a video platform, I like Library or Odyssey. I like Brighteon. Uh, my friend Mike Adams is a amazing um, technologist as well and one wonderful patriot and his platform brady on is probably where i'm going to position myself here real soon because i'm friends with mike adams for 30 something years we've known each other and you know he's i just trust him with my life i literally would trust him with my life so i'm gonna i'm gonna be on that platform here soon with new video material the youtubes of the world they're destroying their audience which is great that's the phenomenal thing actually because what are they doing they're creating opportunity for everybody else Again, I'm going to bring it back. There's never been more opportunity than we have now. Woca-Cola, what did they do? They destroyed their audience. So now there's all these new new possibilities. Um, Twitter destroyed their audience. And now there's all these new possibilities. That YouTube destroyed their audience. And now there's all these new possibilities. This is phenomenal. This is, inc this is the best ever. There's going to be a speed bump because they're going to try to hold it down for 10 years and keep this free speech suppressed and all that. They'll fail. They will fail. And, uh, and when they fail, when it flips upside down, watch out, watch out. Yeah. You know, okay. So what are your thoughts on, um, like this whole narrative that, uh, some people are saying that a lot of the stuff going out there is to say, you know, don't fight back. And as a martial artist, I kind of consider this one, right? Because I don't want to cause harm ever. Right. But I also want to protect myself. 
But, you know, they also use like the boiling frog analogy, right? They're just kind of boiling the frog. They're harming people. Kids are getting harmed. A lot of harm is happening. And so, you know, maybe there are these narratives like the Q narrative and all this different stuff, right? There's this outside savior somewhere, right? Like uh, I know you've talked to Russell J. Gould and I find that fascinating. I'm like, man, I hope so. You know what I mean? I hope I hope something happens where I can just plug into something that makes sense, right? Because if you, you've probably known this for a long time before even coronavirus is like the world is run by evil people. Holy smokes. That's why we have so much evil stuff, but everyone was asleep. Now what's happening is the cage is being rattled and all the people who want to ignore. And it's amazing to see people still ignore now. They're just, they're literally just going to plug away. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, nothing is going to wake you up, you know, shouting and screaming. And so some of these narratives they'll talk about, you know, it's to just kind of prevent you from doing something. And what I think it's like, we really need organization. And that's where I'm curious is, you know, do you think they would try to take out that organization by force, you know, and, and some of the stuff that I learned from law, um, I found out in Florida from a, from a guy named Alphonse Fagiolo that a guy went in there and he basically sued uh, 30 places for not entering uh, honoring mass exemptions. And that really accelerated the process for them to relinquish the, the mask mandate. And so there are processes in law and also looking at, uh, I don't know if you know, Christopher Gronsky, but I just got connected to him. He's going to be coming on the show and he, t- he helps people um, become state nationals. I don't know exactly what that means, but I think it means you go outside of the corporation of the United States and become a, a citizen of the Republic. And so if you can do that, but the whole world goes to crap around you, you know, is that even beneficial? So I'm just curious your thoughts on all that. Well, I, you know, I love all of that stuff. I love getting out of maritime law. I love getting back on the land. I love live life claims that I'm alive on land. I'm not lost at sea. I'm not birthed and lost at sea. Um, I love all of all of that research and I love taking action on all of those things. It's a beautiful way to begin to just reclaim your sovereignty step by step. And each step of it, you're learning and it's a process and it's a journey. And so anybody who's willing to go through that, I, I'm all for it. Is it the solution to all our problems? I don't know. Partially it is, but it's a, it's an, a cool soul process. So I encourage it. What's going to happen is, is that in, I could say this in um, Canada and the United States, it's going to come down to the provincial level and then the county level. And so what's going to happen is, is that we're going to have the, the federal government is so corrupt and is so beyond anything. I mean, it's just, it's satanic that it's essentially has lost all jurisdiction over everything and it's bankrupt. Um, the United States corporation is bankrupt, actually has no jurisdiction and it's basically over. I mean, that's why you have the fakery of the Biden regime and what's going on. It's like, well, he's not even in the White House. That's a fake scene. Like, what is this? You know, that's that's why we have that, because the corporation's bankrupt and it's, he's actually, the, it's being disassembled actually right now. So we have to retreat back to the state level and county level. So those are the structures that we then begin to empower. So we start to work with the county level and start to look, okay, who's any new world order people in this county? We're going to find out who they are. We're going to destroy their political career. And we're going to actually start cleaning them out at the county level. And then we'll move it up to the state level. Now at the state level, what's interesting, and I I talked to David Martin about this. He had some very interesting things to say about this. He said, one of the strongest positions for state secession is actually racketeering. What the federal government is trying to do is to try to force states into criminal activity. That's racketeering. And so the states can then turn around and sue saying, we're not going to be engaged in your racketeering operation. And this will probably be the angle that state secession will begin by. 
is pushing back on the federal government with racketeering charges because the federal government is, again, involved in criminal activity and forcing states to be enrolled in it as well. And I see that happening, I think, first in Texas. Florida will follow immediately. And then, of course, all those other states are just going to come right in line with that. Um, the, the pieces are already falling into place. So the structures that are there in terms of like, is it a leaderless resistance? No, it's a county resistance. And then it's going to be a, a state resistance or province resistance in Canada. I will say this too, is we've already started seeing legislation being passed by counties in America. I'm thinking of Newton County, Missouri. They've passed legislation that says any infringement upon the second amendment is moot and will not be enforceable in this county by the federal government. If the federal government shows up here trying to enforce it, they will be arrested. If anybody in the local police force attempts to work with the federal government to stop uh, Second Amendment freedoms in this county, they will be arrested and will be removed from all law, law enforcement forever on like that. That's been passed in Newton County, Missouri. We're going to see that in more counties and in more states soon. It's going to be in front of the Texas state legislature in the next meeting of that legislature, by the way, that legislation. That's amazing. You know, we only have a couple of minutes left because I know you're a busy guy. I wanted to throw one more thing in there. We've got uh, Agenda 2030. They want to take the land and the resources. You've seen all that. And in Canada, they're introducing Bill C-51 or something like that. And I'm just curious, do you see any resolution for that? So basically what it means, even if you own your land, they're going to come take it. So if I go in Canada, buy some land, I own the deed, they're going to come and, and mess with my property. Do you see any solution for that uh, attempt by the government? Well, you, we're just going to have to fight that legally through a paper trail. Ultimately, the, you know, the government stepping in trying to steal stuff like they've done in Hawaii, for example, the way that the federal government stole Hawaii and then tried to push it in as a state and all that is based on fraudulent activity. It's based on um, paperwork that is forgeries and that kind of a thing. And that's what they're going to have to contest with in the long term. So in the long term, I see that it's going to be possible to fight back against it with a legal paper trail. And we're probably going to see a lot of this happening now in the old Soviet bloc, where, you know, where the old Soviet bloc fell apart, but people still had land rights to land that they had actually physically owned and they still have the deed. They can go back against the, you know, what has happened and, and make a claim against that land. This is probably what we're going to be seeing in North America happening, say, 20 years from now or whenever this thing flips over. I'm very concerned about Canada. Uh, and again, I think Alberta has the best chances of escaping the tyranny. And the best way to do that is for the technologists and oil um, interest in Alberta to side with, with Texas and eventually go through the secession process from the Federal Union of Canada and become its own country and or become part of the Union of Free States in North America. This is going to come quickly, by the way. We're going to see this, by the way, not just in North America, like in Germany. Germany is going to split east, west, north, south. We're going to see the UK split up into different regions because nobody wants to go along with this. What has actually happened as a result of the satanic United Nations is it's caused a fracturing of all nations. Because no one wants to live under this authoritarian antichrist um, business, which they are going to try to push that, by the way. They're going to try to push the antichrist right into the world position, being the world leader of all nations and blah, 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 until that falls apart because the whole thing's parasitic. Who the antichrist is, that's the question. And um, one of the things that Rudolf Steiner is very clear about is that this being is born in the 21st century, not the 20th century. So that ought to get us thinking. After going through what we've been going through the last year, 2020 to 2021, I suspect that the Antichrist is on the earth right now. Most Rudolf Steiner scholars say that the Antichrist or Aramon is the name for the Antichrist shows up between 2016 and 2040. 
And that's when the whole thing comes to a head. So it, right, on, right in alignment with – now this is what Rudolf Steiner said over 100 years ago, which just happens to be right in alignment with their Agenda 2030 and Agenda 2021 and all the other nonsense. Holy crap. Well, that's some terrifying thing. Okay. I got to ask a clarifying question on that. So if the antichrist is here, which it would be like the craziest comment of all time and like Armageddon, um, now did they have come, sort of special powers or is this just some sort of human like wizard of Oz that they try to promote this person who is like, you know, I don't know, their, their lead guy to bring forth an agenda. Good question. Unknown. I mean, a lot of people say to me, you know, the antichrist is an artificial intelligence and I will say for sure, according to Steiner, it is not. Um, it's a flesh and blood being. Um, that Steiner's very clear about that, that this being as a flesh and blood being not an artificial intelligence. One of the reasons why we're getting the transhumanist agenda is because people who've built artificial intelligences like Martin Armstrong, armstrongeconomics.com, have very interesting things to say about artificial intelligences, which is, one, they don't have a human in them. <laughs> and that's a big issue. So what the, the whole transhumanist agenda is try to get a human in there with the artificial intelligence, the algorithm machine. That's ultimately something that can only be done artificially. It's not you can't suddenly put a soul into a machine, even though our you know science fiction would say, oh, that should be possible. It's very likely impossible. Yeah, when you say that, that's interesting. I remember looking at some of the MK Ultra and some of the stuff they were doing in psychological operations, and I remember them talking about how they wanted to remove the soul from the machine, like the humans. Like, how can we? Like, that's what they were doing with the elect uh, electroshock therapy. Can we shock the soul out and then start it from scratch, start it from a zero base? And they've been working on that. So that's some some terrifying stuff. Okay, well, we've been going an hour. I know you're a busy man, so I'll let you go. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Um, anything you want to leave the listeners with? Because some of this stuff for me, it, it becomes terrifying. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not really sure what to do. Can you leave us with some sort of message of hope or inspiration moving forward? Well, you know, I, I'm actually, again, very, very convinced that this is a moment of some of the greatest opportunities ever in the history of humankind. So if you ever wanted to do, you know, like what I want to do is I want to plant millions of trees in the world. I've planted a million trees in my life with my foundation, but ultimately our goal is to plant 18 billion trees. Well, the, the crazier it gets, the more insane things get, the more and more people come to their senses and realize what's important, like planting fruit trees and nut and medicinal trees. And so the more there's an opportunity to do the things that I'm here to do, it, it's just all your perspective and your viewpoint. Steiner's whole thing about this time in human history was that it's all about your attitude. You have to have the right attitude. Life is terrifying, right? Death is all around us. Driving a car is terrifying. We've all had near-death experiences in our life. Nothing's changed, really. It's just we're coming to a moment of peak evil, an eruption of evil, where it's all coming up at once. And good, it's got the pimple's got to pop at some point. And it's popping in our lifetime. That's kind of epic if you think about it. It really is like, you know, I, I, I'm a believer in reincarnation and I'm a believer in reincarnation because of the scientific research done on it by Max Tucker and Ian Stevenson and David Weiss and many other amazing researchers in the field of reincarnation and the scientific research behind it. And to me, it's just to prove it. It's just a fact. So, my God, our creator has selected us to be incarnated at this time, right? That is, means something. It means something profound. And so every day I'm like more and more stoked. Yes, it's it, it's a harrowing moment, but everybody who's a fighter, you know, all the MMA guys I know, you know, all the athletes I know, they have to face against impending doom every time they're out on the court, every time they're out in the in the in the um, octagon. It's rough. It's a tough scene, but they're fighters and they face it, and that's that's their 
their thing. It's just like, and we face that in our own life and our, whatever the context is of our own life. And so it's just part of being a, an incarnated human being. You just got to deal with it. You got to come to grips with it. You got to accept your fate and you got to love it. You got to love that. You got to have an attitude that just goes, yes, bring it. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's easier said than done. Sometimes I am a fighter and I'm like, Oh goodness, this is a battle, but I really like the idea of community. And that's been my main suggestion. You know, let's, let's look at who you want to grow with, because if you can get a little bit of land um, and you have good neighbors, good community, that is paramount. And unfortunately, like in Canada, most people are uh, really just buying in hook, line and sinker. And so if we move away from that, have something separate, you know, we can build something beautiful together. And I really like when you talked about the opportunity, you know, with great crisis comes opportunity. And the one things that I've been saying is like, look, if there is a creator, which I believe there is this universal force or this spirit, if you look at any of these, you know, the Bible or religious texts or spiritual texts, you are guided from that force. You have an ability to adapt, to create and survive. And that is your intent right? So do that in a beautiful way and you'll be led to the solutions. And that's uh, what I believe. And I think that we're really resilient and, and remarkable uh, beings. And so if we've got the universal spirit on our side, uh, we're going to be all right. So um, where can people find you? Thank you so much for coming on. If there's anything else you want to say, I'll sit here and listen, but thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you and your work and your memes. Um, so uh, yeah, where can people find more about your work? Right on. Thanks so much. You can always track me down. Probably Instagram's an easy place. David Avocado Wolf on Instagram, or you can track me down just davidwolf.com, D-A-V-I-D-W-O-L-F-E.com. And then you can branch out from there. Or um, another place that you can find me is thebestdayever.com forward slash links, which is all my, my key links, which actually I've got to go and update today. I just realized that I've got old stuff on there. So I'll update that today. And, uh, and you can you can track me in those places. But ultimately, hopefully, synchronicity brings you to me because that's really the best. We're, we're always guided and always looking for clues from synchronicity. And I think that's what I want to leave everyone with right now is that, you know, our creator speaks to us through riddles. And those riddles show up as synchronicities in our life. So listen for those over the next six months here. Follow those synchronicities. You will be guided. You'll be guided to exactly what to do and exactly the best things for you and where to be because you have been chosen. You've been selected for this time. That is a high statement of our creator, right? That this culmination of evil, which again is just parasitic forces, are you know, it's which is good actually because ultimately it's the forces of parasitism that cause us to grow, right? That's really a good thing overall. So the overall impact from the highest perspective is, oh, this is just an excellent soul journey moment for the human enterprise, um, and. It will, it, it's going to be rough and it will get better. It's just like, you know, what follows winter, spring, what follows night, day. It, it's coming. Um, and right now we're in inning one. So we're at the beginning of it, but <laughs> eventually it'll be an extra innings game and we'll win and it'll be the 11th inning and we'll celebrate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. It's like, we're going through a storm. We will get to the other side uh, for those who decide to. So uh, thank you so much. I really love that last insight. I definitely invite everyone to check out your telegram group. It's amazing. There's uh, it's David avocado wolf. And yes. Yep. So he got me forward slash David avocado wolf on telegram messenger. Awesome. Well, thanks for your work. Thanks for coming on a uh, quick shout out to Justin Bua and his lovely wife for making sure that this happened. They've been pestering me for a bit uh, to make it happen. They're both big fans of your work. Uh, so thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Right on. Thanks, bro. Have the best day ever. Yeah, Cheers. you too. See you guys. Peace. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely 
tremendous, phenomenal, fantastic David Avocado Wolf. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, please do what you can to share. Get the word out there. Leave a review. Share on all the platforms. Uh, you know, we are overcoming this and spreading the word of truth together. Visit us both on Telegram. If you go t.me forward slash Matt Belair, you're going to find me. And I'm always sharing David's stuff. And so uh, it's such a fantastic way to get information. It's one of the basically the only place I get news now is through Telegram and personal email lists. So please join the uh, membership, mattbelair.com, and, and join the community. You can do so by donation or even for free if you need. Just hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com. And if you are interested in some one-on-one coaching or group coaching, we would love to have you. We are looking for people who are really committed to spiritual integrity, to finding solutions, to living their life purpose, to knowing their dharma, to you know having every tool to accelerate and amplify you know what they came here to do who they came here to be in these challenging times but times of great opportunity so there's never been a more critical or important time to get in full alignment and if you want some support like uh for that we would love to have you just hit me up mattbelair.com forward slash coaching or you can even check out the soul compass course or the quantum heart hypnosis there are definitely tools for you to accelerate your journey and to be around uh amazing community to have like-minded people to have accountability to have tools and support as you move along your journey because it's not the hardest thing in the world to know what your life purpose is it's more challenging to go through all the steps and trials and errors to actually bringing that to fruition that's the big difference and that's who we support and how we help so um we'd love to have you so uh, let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close this out Uh, wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, inspiration, courage, and ready to enjoy the rest of the day. So thank you so very much for listening, and we will see you in the next episode.